What's up, everyone? Back for another episode. Obri on the pod, Danny Vells, and Mike. This episode is uh, a little bit interesting. We talk about Wade playing at the Brooklyn Mirage, the new wave of commercial tech house, kind of like taking over EDM. We talk about this venue that we found that we wanted to book, but they wanted a wild number to book it. It's pretty insane when you think about what capacity they have. And we talk about the next live stream we're doing. So we're doing another live stream this Friday. And we have four VIP full access tickets. So you can come check us out. Live 99. Anyway, we talk about a bunch of other things. Like I said, remixes, edits, what we're doing to get to the next level, the next step. And... uh just check it out. So remember, follow us on Obri OFC on Instagram and Obri Events Gmail. If you want to send us a message, let us know if you want us to talk about anything, break anything down. And uh, we also talk about Villalobos coming in September and Mike going back to Europe for about a month or so. So enjoy the next episode and I'll see you later. All right, Mike, let's get started right into it. Chow Chow, they want 10K. So we got to bring 300 heads, 30 a pop, and we're still going to be about a grand short of 10K. And I heard they don't even fit 300K, 300 people in there. Exactly. We had to say Chow to Chow Chow. <laughs> Those motherfuckers are trying to hit us over the head. I mean, basically this weekend, I'll do some scouting for the next venue, for the next Obi party for the fall. I mean, it doesn't go to say that there's not going to be one to close out the summer. But you got to account for, you know, in the shitty weather we got in New York to have somewhere, you know, that's affordable, A, right? And B, could have some people has a cool bar, got kind of come stock with what you need, you know? So, unfortunately, you know, I spoke to the manager and asked her, you know, how much is rent the spot out? You know, I want to throw an event here. I'll bring my own DJs, everything. That's kind of the whole idea. She's like, oh, 10,000. I'm like, what? I'm like, nah, that's crazy. But in my head, I thought, because when I tried to throw parties before, like 10K, I was like, it's not really that bad. But then they kind of forget it includes like a DJ. Like I once tried to book Danny T during the pandemic, you know what I mean? And it was coming out to like eight, you know? So that was like not bad at all. Of course, with the pandemic, that's an under, yeah. underpriced Danny T, but also like a favor and like for my birthday and all that. But yeah, I couldn't believe that shit. I mean, $10,000. So like, and you're still debatable about the bar. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So just, I don't know where they, I mean, the whole excuse, like, oh, it's after the pandemic, trying to make our money back, blah, blah, blah. I think we're kind of like way past that, way past that. You just opened the venue. So what are you trying to make make the money back at? Like, mm-hmm. there's no way you're losing 10K renting your spot out on a Saturday or Friday. And it does vary. Like if you do it during the week, I'm sure maybe you get it for cheaper, but just you have to, it's not about making a profit, right? That's not what we're about right now. We're about throwing a good time and showing people a different type of flavor in New York. It's yeah. really about like just making it make sense. And this shit don't make no sense. No, that's yeah, about 10,000. We got a lot of venues to spot on Bushwick coming up this Friday. So I'm really thinking, you know, Bushwick is definitely the way to go. It's more looser, no rules. Obviously, it's not like the old school Bushwick that you kind of like want to 
that kind of crowd you want to bring in. It's kind of the new Bushwick, which, you know, I'm not going to get into right now, but it is awesome. There's a lot of uh, opportunity there. I mean, you know, even the old Brooklyn Monarch, I think we spoke on the pod about before, Mm -hmm. they were asking something like quite decent. You know, I think they want like 500 an hour or 1K. Uh, but you know, now that we got like rented out as a Brooklyn Monarch spot, it's an official mm-hmm. venue, not an Afties, mm-hmm. like 23 Meadow, you know, rest in peace of that Afties. Mm-hmm. It basically, you know, probably have like a more formal contractual obligation. Yeah. 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 Wow. So I can't believe that that, that spot would be cheaper than Chow Chow. And that's why it has an inside, outside, sitting yeah. inside. There's no rules. You go order food there, you go order pizza there, you can do whatever you want. You know, there's a bar inside. It's more formalized, right? And mm-hmm. just people know this is a furniture warehouse during the week. And then it turns into a venue over over on the weekend. And That's crazy. Monarch, right? I don't know how that works. If you got a furniture warehouse and it like leaves, <laughs> like the main stock room, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I guess they probably have like machines or some shit. I mean, it's smart, right? If I own some piece of land like that, I would surely rent it out for parties or some type of venue space. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a part of the journey, right? Looking, making connections, going to see what's uh, what to happen, what could happen. I think really a lot of spots, what it is, is that you split the bar. You don't really, like, set a price to rent or anything. You say, I'm going to throw an event here. We split the bar. I guarantee you uh, X, Y, Z amount of people, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how, like, uh, these Latin parties operate in Astoria. Like, these brands, you know, like, let's just say, I don't know, some of the name one dmg or whatever their names are mm-hmm. they basically come in they say you get 60 or 80 and then we get 20 uh, and then you yep. know basically they throw a party there but it gets the spot known right oh i know this spot i've been here mad times. the food's good and then they get known for that like they go to the one dmg party there in that one time of the week that you have but then you know the spot gets that rapport like this is where you want to mm-hmm. be yeah a lot a lot of those uh that a lot of those Latin hip hop or Latin parties. That's how they do it. They get a spot, even a even a club, and they get a club, keep the full door, and then they do like a bar split, tw- depending on you know your relationship, 30, 70, 20, 80, some as low as ten percent if you have no relationship, but yeah, ten k. Like no, it should be, it it should even be. Listen, oh, but a lot of those places take a minimum guarantee at the bar though, so they'll say. Um, you know, we need a minimum guarantee of 10000 at the bar and we need a credit card to hold that 10000 in case in case you throw the party and it, it only makes like 3000 at the bar. You're getting hit with $7,000 on your car. Man, you know how easy you make that back with those parties? You, you sell three oh, bottles yeah. then you got 900 back already. Well, it's the giveaway free bottle. So owners, like I knew an owner who threw these parties and he brought in like external promoters to have this, and he would say they would just rob the bar dry, you know, like free bottles to the DJ, free bottles to my boy. So, like, in the end, like, they would make the the bank, like, whatever the minimum was, and then, mm-hmm. like, they would make their profit and still give out a lot of their bottles with that agreement. Yeah. So, a lot of owners are, I feel like, are hesitant to do that, but I think the scene that we're in and the brand we're building, mm-hmm. it, that it's a way different game than, like, a Latin yeah. party. There's I mean. no bottle buying. There's no bottle buying yet. Uh, there is. Like, yeah, there. but not, that's not, like, that's not the majority of like, that's not how they make their money. Like these Latin spots. That's well, how they I mean, that, I mean, that kind of goes to like what we wanted to do, like talk about today. Like basically booking big DJs in New York, like Ricardo Balobos, like, mm-hmm. or <clears throat> Jamie Jones, you know what I'm saying? These guys only come here once a year. 
to like, you know, either a showcase they're throwing. Like New York became like South America. The once a year showcase one of your cities and people mm-hmm. look forward to it the whole, the whole year. Yeah. Same shit is happening here. It's not like, oh, you pop in uh, February, March, April, whatever, August, you know? The, like here, it's like, oh, go to Nebula. What's Nebula? Legit, the whole club is tables. You know? Yeah. And it's created by somebody who was basically like a curator for parties um, in New York. You know him. I got his yeah. Name. Richie Romero. Yeah, Richie Romero, you see. But that's the model that has to work in New York because yeah. it's just Absolutely. so expensive, the rent. You're in Times fucking square, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's a good... That's a good uh, model for them. They're in Times Square. Just bring the biggest DJs. You know, that the crowd that's going to go see those DJs are going to be like that same type of Mykonos crowd, you know, that high-end Ibiza crowd. And they, they do buy bottles because it's all about, you know, looking cool. It's not really about the music. It's about, oh, let me tell everybody that I went to Jamie Jones, you know, in Nebula, Times Square. It's, it's, a, it's an event, you know, it's a thing. It's not the like interesting, the interesting part is, is that like I went there twice, right? Once for Gordo. Oh, and yeah, you went. I saw a lot of people I knew there that did get tables, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but they're just like my homies that get tables. And then I went to like local dice and I saw back to back set trucks are like weird as fuck. Very random. <laughs> Have them both go back to back. But I guess probably just attract the crowds. You know what I mean? Like something mm-hmm. that's not in the ordinary in New York. Yeah. Even though that's not like what, like who's curating this shit, you know? It's kind of like it's kind of like throwing parties like they did in that um, uh, what was that club in Hell's Kitchen with the with a purple logo still going, still going, still uh, going now? Oh, 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 Harbor. No, no, no. Uh, that, that was the old um, Hudson uh, Hudson oh, Terrace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was Hudson Terrace used to be like lit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking about. Marquis, Marquis. Oh, Marquis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Marquis. They have Marco, they have all these DJs. Like, Nebula yeah. the new Marquis. Like, Marquis now is just like yeah. a bunch of top 40 parties, or like you have like, um, uh, I'm forgetting all these people's names, but whatever. I wonder why, I wonder why Marquis stopped doing those like Friday nights, the big tech. I, I guess the creative directors, right? Like, the people who are the booking talent, the talent booking agents, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. they kind of shifted that over to Nebula. Like, they don't really have it, though. Because Marco had a residency at, at Marquee. Like, you yeah. would see Jamie Jones on the random night. Even, like, big DJs, like Afrojack or whatever, like, those guys were. They would be over there. Now, Nebula kind of like holds that kind of title. But yeah. the funny thing is, going back to the Nebula topic, is those guys, the people that I saw there were all, like, UN councilmen or, like, delegates. Like, UN delegates. So that's kind of the, the people they're targeting, right? Like, how yeah, yeah. you have the, the UN dudes, because UN's not too far from there. And you target that, that crowd there and you know because they go like it's like a Times Square club. But yeah. it's just interesting to see like how in the past, like even these that would come here, it would go to a mega club like Marquee, which is like a Las Vegas affiliation, right? Mm-hmm. Probably also like the US, right? There's different booking agents for each DJ in each different region, right? Like one's an expert here, like Bullet Agency who like manages majority of these guys in the yeah. US. The rest of Europe is like, a, it's a, you know, it's a toss up. So it's interesting, right? Like, for example, Ricardo Balobo is coming up on my birthday, but I won't be here. I'll be in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah. Why do you want to come here for so many years? Was it the money? Was it the crowd? What, what, like, what was it? And that's kind of like... Well, he said in an injury, he was like, he didn't want to come to America. He said, I think he said something about the people, the people that like the type of house music here. He said something about New York or America. Um, 
And it was something like maybe that he has everything he wants over there, a better, a better scene. I don't know. But he also couldn't get a visa for a long time. So I don't know what it was. But he oh, came that yeah. one time to Time Warp, right? Yeah, I've seen him at Time Warp each time I've seen him here. I saw him twice already. And yeah, I saw yeah. him visa back to back with Luciano. I saw him closing out uh, Sonus Festival, one of the craziest parties I've been to at Calypso Club. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen him. So I, you're right. I think it's the visa thing as well up until this day. Because you make a lot of money here, right? Like why would Jamie Jones yeah. Nebula? Like Nebula fucking sucks. Like it's all about the money. You come here, you make a quick, quick check and a huge one at that. And then you go south to Miami and then you do like a show in SF and you get a direct flight back to Europe, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, that's kind of like just goes to show and like kind of our mantra, what we're building up, how it's like kind of against the grain, like the US, I mean, or the New York City kind of scene mm-hmm. pushing these type of like, you know, mega parties and like it has to be something like mega or huge for it to kind of come through. But we know what is cool. The old output, superior ingredients, bringing in these kind of DJs that people do want to see on the side. Sydney yeah. Charles, you got like a Kenny Dope there on the random night. They got Paco Osuna on night. I saw Marco there on the roof. Then they had actors with that guy, Domenico Scavone or whatever downstairs. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a cool concept. Party in the yeah. movement, after party downstairs. Like I think like ultimately when we know when Aubrey made it, we'll be kind of having a showcase like that there. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I, 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 they used to do it when it was output. They used to go down to... Uh... The Panther Room. Uh, happened, man. That barely happened. It happened to me like once. I think I saw like choosing Ceballos there go down. And oh, I yeah, think, yeah. They would go down a lot. Richie yeah. Houghton, maybe like when you had the the Enter Saki on the roof, maybe you throw like, a little afters in Panther Room. Yeah, sure. But now, like, they're just saying, like, there's no rules. Like, yeah, come up and come down. If you want to throw down, you throw down. And they kind of get these yeah. cool bookings. Like, Pausa was down there. Danny T mm-hmm. played there till like seven in the morning. Like, it's dope. I kind of like that concept. It sucks the output's gone, but likewise the output was just like it's the same thing though. It's a it's an up and down type of experience too. There, like people were saying it's the best club in New York. Well, yeah, because it was a flavor of Europe. No phones, no pretentiousness. Mm-hmm. Kind of like no like door policy. You could come in however the hell you want, you know. Mm-hmm. But then like, the bouncers there was like a mafia. It was like a shakedown. You feel me? Like the experience there wasn't that, that like that amazing. Like I saw some amazing sets there, and it was definitely what New York needed. Yeah. But like when that died, the city died with that. But there's so many different venues that popped up trying to imitate that or trying yeah. to get similar bookings, you know? And that's what was thriving here, like between the 016s to the 2020s, I guess, mm-hmm. right before, like, you know, the pandemic. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, uh, I, I've been seeing, like, a lot of, uh, not, I don't want to say little parties, but, you know, like, not Brooklyn Mirage type parties. Like, I've been seeing around Brooklyn, like, elsewhere and just, like, spots that I, don't even know the name. I just I'm just seeing videos and flyers on on Instagram. So like, it, I don't know. Is it is it picking up or is it just? just I don't think BS? so. I mean, it's just like a here and there type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you would imagine the capability that like the superior ingredients rooftop has, you could throw some dope summer parties there. Meanwhile, yeah. it thrives in the winter like crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. You know it's sick because you have that automatic roof, right? That was supposed to be a wedding. I'm sure people like, kind of like forgot that. And then I heard rumors about output basically splitting the club in three. So there'll be a separate club for Panther Room, separate one for output. And they're going to build a roof separately as well. But I think that like, the curators kind of wanted to like, they didn't want to like do it. Yeah. I mean, it came from the owner, Nicholas Matar, mm-hmm. um, like, but it was during like a Banya session, et cetera. So it really is it picking back up. But it depends who you ask. It depends what type of scene you're into, right? 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. DJs and like you good room, like, yeah, they bring some talent. There's that club basement, which mm-hmm. is like a like a techno like haven, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's like I think like here what's dying in Europe is embraced here. Like techno is huge here, basement, that kind of dark techno. There's a, a new group uh, called Brooklyn Techno, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. They keep uh, like booking like a random DJ Nastia mm-hmm. or um I don't know, like a guy like Black Asteroid or whatever, whatever that, like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, those, those fun yeah, things, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I think, like, back in the day, right? Like, techno would be like your kind of entr- entrance into the scene, like, yeah. oh, yeah, no techno, Chris Liebing, Adam Bayer, right? They'll have a cult following, mm-hmm. and like, it's as a, and then, like, it'll be the rite of passage. You do techno, you go to tech house, and you kind of find your identity. I like the sleepy house, the deep, the deep house, the tales of us is dudes, yeah, tech house, or like Marco, Jamie Jones, like that type of vibe. Or I like kind of like the Lee Foss or mm-hmm. um, Lee Burridge parties, the all day I dream. Like you kind of see what you like, you know, yeah. whatever scene you like. Because like techno, you eventually kind of grow out of it. Like now, I think that right of passage is completely like flipped upside down. And it brings like kind of like tech house is becoming the mainstream, which is crazy. The commercial like, tech house, yeah. Yeah, people get yeah, commercial tech house, right? So you guys got, guys got, got you got guys like Wade, right? <laughs> exactly and that's just like horrible that's just killing killing the scene right and like kind of like even though he's from spain right i think he's from like valencia but wait wait he's not i don't want to say don't say he's killing the scene he's just you know the kids like it the kids like it's just like it's close to like edm for them you know it's it's a it's a show it's all about the drop yeah, I guess I misspoke. I want to say he's killing the scene, right? Because he's bringing more people in. Like, there is an excitement to the show, right? Like, he has, like, these anthems. Like, these yeah. anthems. Kind of like the Gordo. And what blew him up is his anthems, right? Yep, he yep. Re- remixed uh, uh, like Mama de la whatever. Mm-hmm. He made, like, all these different, like, uh, kind of songs that are kind of like a crossover between Acid and, like, Techno. Like, mm-hmm. Takara, that track. That one, it's a fire track, though, you know? Yeah. He designs these tracks pretty well. But, like, for Wade, it's kind of just, like, like what the fuck? Like you're in the top club of like high, like high Ibiza. Let's just say the best club they say in Ibiza. I don't agree yeah. with that. I just I like Amnesia more. But and you're playing fucking like you know Punjabi, the fucking example. Hot I know. I know. Like it's good for fucking like that's kind of like the new EDM, like the tech house, right? Commercial tech house, if you will. Like it, these new names just make me sick. Like organic tech house. I know. I know. House. Like what the fuck is that? That makes no sense. What is an organic tech house? Like, what does it grow out of the fucking plant? <laughs> make it? Like, what the fuck? Oh, what is that shit? I don't understand. What the fuck is organic tech house? If somebody could join the pod and <laughs> what the fuck is organic house, I would love to be uh, educated, as they say. Educate me on this. Yeah. See, I could point out a commercial tech house track in, like, in a split second, like whatever Wade's producing. Yep. And the crazy part is, to me, is that Wade used to be such a great producer. Like, I heard him originally from Marco Carolla. You know, he used to play at um, uh, Destino back in the day, right? you have the uh, random pop-up, and then he would have, somehow they let him do Destino, which mm-hmm. was, you know, like, that's Pasha's ownership. Mm-hmm. And then he would do Amnesia. And I, I was, from those back in the day, 2016, when I used to be in, in the bees and, and hear him, I used to hear Wade tracks, all straight, tribal, like real, real solid tech house. That's how we got famous. So Visa DJs started playing him a lot. Mm-hmm. We'd have the Jamie Joneses playing him, the Lucianos, everybody, because he really had these kind of like anthems. And he had some really like, I think there's a song called by him, 
Um, I'm not sure. I think it's called like Salamander. It's a great fucking track. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the like Johnny Firmani, right? Or the Italio Bros, even those guys are still sticking with their kind of like their sound. And this guy, is, this is the difference, right? With these DJs and these producers. How much a record label stands behind you? Like, I don't know what you think about that, but that kind of goes into any type of music, right? With rap, like Atlantic will stand by behind the Cardi B, will stand behind like um, a bad Barbie, like any of these uh, of these mm-hmm. artists who are not that great, even though it is amazing. I can't yeah, say yeah. Not historically he's been, but they'll they'll really like uplift them. Like clearing a sample for Arab for Punjabi, it's mad money. Huge sample for the Beethoven track, mad money. That's uh, crazy. That's crazy. A Beethoven track, money, right? Like I'm even wondering about how um, Joski cleared that sample for a Pedrico de Ayer, right? From Hector Lavoa. Is he? Wait, wait, but did he release that song? Like, yes, yes. Oh wow! And it, wow. It's, a, it's released on that that label. I, I don't remember their name, but well, you know, Hector Lavo, the 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 um the record label owns that song, that Pedrico de Ayer. Hector Lavoa doesn't own any of his. Music, I believe. He became more of like, if you look at Hector Lobo historically, he's like, he's an amazing, amazing artist, one of my favorite like salsa like singers ever. And like, he really like put on the map, but he's more very involved politically. He was very like, you know, he had a crazy life, you know what I'm saying? Wild life, yeah. Yeah, man. But I, I, um, you know, that it's different now. Now that house music, tech house is is in the mainstream. And, it, and it's huge now. You have record labels that, or I don't even know if it's record labels, but whoever backs these DJs, yeah, they put money behind them now. There's social media. You see social media go wild on certain DJs. And you can tell, like, it's not just him and two of his buddies. And when I say him, I mean, like, DJs that are really, really popping and blowing up on, on social. You know it's not just him and two buddies working on that content, you know, like me and you. It's a machine behind them now because they're huge. They make money. So, you know, all those pages that are posting, I mean, I don't know, but all those pages that have big, big followers that are reposting all of Wade's videos or all of Mochak's videos, you know, I've heard that you have to pay to, to, get, to get on those Instagram accounts so they can repost your videos. So, um yeah, man, it's it's a it's a big business. So, I'm not I'm I'm not mad. I'm not hating, but I just don't like this. I just don't like those um some of those samples. I just think it's corny, man. But uh, it's I guess it's like some people think the reggaeton or hip hop lyrics on a tech house track is corny. I don't think it's corny. I think it's dope. But you know, to each his own. Yeah, that's a great point. But that's also like kind of becoming a genre of its own. You got to think about it like this, right? Reggaeton, salsa, like even bachata, some of the stems of those tracks feed kind of what is house music, right? Yes. Or has developed over time, like house, yeah. developed techno, right? These sounds were developed, you know. The bass lines, the drums. Exactly, right? So those songs kind of go with it, like the, the stems of yeah. it, the build of it, the dance it's interchangeable if you will like there's a lot of latin djs that play a tech house version of a song during a mm-hmm. latin set yeah so i think bringing in arab uh like the arab money like sample mm-hmm. like it's not the same thing even though hip-hop absolutely is equally as much as latin being 
uh, remix real big, right? Like, the, I think on SoundCloud, I was on a deep dive for hours just finding these remixes, like constant remixes of like different like hip hop tracks, like historically, like from 50 Cent, like Mob Deep, anything. And it depends, like, I guess where the producer's from, all this stuff. Like, yeah. I hear a lot of, you know, New York producers doing like Mob Deep remixes, et cetera. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, there's a big difference in this shit, right? There's edits, there's originals, mm-hmm. and then there's, uh, what's it called? Like remixes of tracks as well. You know what I mean? Even some Latin artists bring a house music version of the, of the songs. Like Dembo, yeah. some of it is being remixed. That's very popular. Like, I guess it is a, a matter of opinion, but like those tracks are not anthems. Those are fire tracks to play in the set if you're going to yeah. play the set or where you're playing. Yeah. These tracks developed in an anthem form, like Amor, you got um, Punjabi. You got uh, what else? You know, that Beethoven track, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and the and the movie track, right? And the the twenty first or the twentieth century movie track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay, the, the the one little sample that I do like right before the drop is the Eve. Do, 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 do. And then he oh yeah, that movie. one too. Yeah, that's Listen, cool. I, obviously, we're sharing our opinions here, right? There's no right or yeah. wrong, but you could see yeah. the DJs that make those little cult songs that get the clearance for the originals that you can listen to on Spotify. And I discovered the low key DJ who's producing some of this shit, like kind of in the, in his basement, in his bedroom, that's making fire heat. Mm-hmm. Like you could see, like who's backed by a record label, who's being pushed on social media, who yeah. shouldn't experience any Wade video I see. I see no low key club. So it's an outdoor venue with tons of people. Like, yep. where does this derive from? You know, massive I mean? arena. Yeah. And so if you have like, also DJs don't tend to stick with one record label. Like, I wonder who is behind this, right? Like, well, what? there's agencies. There, there's eight. Yeah. Ag- okay, so yeah. you know how? Um, okay, like creative arts agency. I, I think they because I've seen some DJs that have managers or booking agents or agents from creative artist agency or like the big one um, in LA, what's the name of it? I forgot, but these traditional agencies that used to just do movie stars and celebrities and rappers, they're now doing like the big acts for house music. So those agencies are like the powerhouses behind um, the, these DJ producers. It's, it's not record labels per se, because it's a little bit different in house music. It's not like a, it's not like a BMG or Sony that's behind a DJ, right? It's, it's more of the agency and the yeah. management and the manager that pushing. We're plugged in with the, like some of these like kind of pushing this social media machine, everything. Yeah, and they're all agencies, you know. They probably get a huge percentage. So I think yeah, that's the difference between kind of the house music scene or the electronic music scene, mm-hmm. right? Versus kind of the uh, like rap uh, kind of or hip hop rather, excuse me, like a hip hop yeah. record label approach of how they defer, you know. Because, like, I know a lot about kind of deals that went down in hip-hop and, like, how bad they've gone mm-hmm. historically. Like, just even, like, things that are coming to light now, right? Like, the FIBO 4 and getting signed by Mace for 5K. Then he had to go clear it up uh, on a pod saying yeah. that it was 150000 But even those uh, kind of advances are so tiny, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have, like, a Cardi B who's dropping mixtapes. It wasn't any, like, kind of talent. And she got writers. She went on their Atlantic. Which Atlantic's the machine for these kind of social media artists, right? And they would bring them under their wing and push them like a motherfucker, push them with, um, you know, just social media, putting in the clubs, paying radios to play them. Like, you got to keep in mind, radios have to be paid oh, to yeah. pay, pay this music, right? I think that's different. Yeah, so that's important. That's an interesting kind of topic, kind of 
the difference of how it's approached and how it's viewed in the uh, I guess electronic music scene. Yeah, it's not even that different for like, the EDM more mainstream kind of music, but think that kind of sounds kind of dying so like yeah of course tomorrow world will be packed with still fans of that but mm-hmm. you don't hear that 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 like how do i put it in spanish fanaticos right like mm-hmm. kind of like fanatics i guess like a fanatico is just a fan in spanish right but yeah fanaticos like a fanatic a fanatic yeah fanatic yeah for, for like for, for that that kind of obsession with the sound and hearing it everywhere and kind of like having it intertwined in baseball games or anything <laughs> I think it died out, you know. Now it's like kind of hip hop. Yeah. So like in the U.S. specifically, in Europe, but even if you go to Europe, you would hear more like kind of like the regular, more popular songs. You know, like uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like the Ferrari song. I don't know if you've ever heard that one. Mm-mm. Never. It's it's it, it's it's pretty. It's not that bad. You know what I mean? But uh. can you touch on this thing? That's not dying, but the mainstream, the interest, the big checks that those, some of these are getting, kind of like dying like some of the legends still live on like they've get a as a residency and the visa he's getting yeah. like crazy deals he's doing these crazy shows during the pandemic he got permission he's building in miami to do a live set by the pool like calvin harris is calvin harris is Harris is guys like when you see when you try to book them if you go on that website to see what their what their contracts are a show is 500k but i think those massive yeah. bookings for those major djs that crazy lifestyle kind of like toned down our tech house is kind of level setting with it and it will surpass mm-hmm. it with DJs like Wade, like Gordo. Yeah. Um, but the thing is like Calvin Harris, David Guetta, you know, they made, they produce songs for R&B or top 40 artists. So that's, they made a lot of money. They still do. DJ Snake's another one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Still huge into that. Diplo is a great example on the kind of, yep. on the cross. now Diplo has his own radio show on Sirius. I mean, he has it yeah. for years, maybe I think like half a decade. So yeah. then you have the, the that guy, then you have uh, like those those hybrid DJs that kind of crossed over eventually. Like I feel like even like you know rest in peace Eric Murillo. He's a guy who really like suffered serious depression because of like how like kind of he was obsessed with the fame, you know. Mm-hmm. And he he basically switched over to EDM. He was absolutely miserable, and then he went back to um, you know uh, regular. I guess what he loved, which is more like tribal New York City mm-hmm. kind of house music or house music, U.S. house music. Yeah, and, you know, happy again, rest in peace. You know, the unfortunate fate met him. Yeah, yeah, man. So, on um, I know I forget about that. So Friday, we're gonna do, we're gonna be doing another little, more, more, more like a live stream than we're doing on Friday, but we're doing them a little bit more legit in the studio. So we got four VIP passes. You bring it, anybody? Four VIP passes. <laughs> I got some interesting people interested to come through in this in the stew and uh, hear us throw down. But yeah, basically, right, like we're sticking with the mantra, just to kind of give a little feedback on Obi, right? Yeah. Sticking with the mantra, sticking with the live streams, right? Doing them in dope places. We streamed last uh, last month, right, uh, at Rainy with the City View. We're gonna do a studio mix now with proper sound, proper recording equipment, everything. We got a pretty big surprise coming up when I'm back from Europe, right? So really, you know, the studio is going to be a dope experience because we're going to have content to make for Aubrey. We're going to have content, you know, for our DJ sets in the future, for our podcast, Aubrey on the set, right? Yep. You know, it's a lot of potential that comes with that. Having those studios is a genius idea. You know, they're all over all over the States. You just bring your USB and you're ready to go. I mean, some people have, you know, the laptops and tractor, et cetera, but... Mm-hmm. Things gonna be a dope time, and like it just gives us more time to prospect Bushwick, 
DJ somewhere properly, throw down a good two hour set. I mean, knowing us, we've gone 17 hours before. <laughs> I mean, we could go, you know, forever, but, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to kind of reproduce it uh, and have some nice content to, for the lives, like the, what, what we're about, right? We really want to yeah. brand through some of our content, specifically, you know, through the live streams that we have. And that's going to keep, you know, I think that's our next focus, really. The parties is one thing, but I think the live streams are super, super important because I've seen so many dweebs on YouTube <laughs> in a motherfucking, like, library. Are you in the fucking library? That's not cool, bro. It's a fucking throw that in the library. Like, it's just not cool. Like, they're just, like, recording, like, somewhere stupid. They, I, get, they, I get it. You can't hate on someone for trying. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they blow up, you know. So like they blow up, yeah. They have they they got people that love them. You see the comments, flames or like, oh, what's track is this? Oh, that's a great mix, this and that. So you know, like I always tell you, why not us, right? You know, we've, yeah, we've been I mean, doing yeah, this. That, that's the low key mantra, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Why not us? But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you got to put the, the the fucking content out. You know what I mean? Like, you got to do the Gary V impression. <laughs> <laughs> Micro, micro focus. Whatever he says, I hate that guy too. He said, he says, what is it? Macro patience, micro impatience. <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here, bro. We work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but you got to just see what outlet shoots out for you. I think like the yeah. music is the most important, right? Building our own DJ brands. That's got to be also on, on, the, on the, like, that's the beautiful thing about Obri. It comes with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you create so much content for yourself as a DJ, recording yourself DJing. You have live streams. You have, you're coming with the live sets. You know what I mean? Getting your name out there. You're coming with the parties, right? There are already people like that was a success from the start. Like yeah. there's just there's so many avenues that some people don't don't take and they say, Oh, why why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. And I've heard some inspiring stories, you know, this week by some some DJs of their coming coming of age. Like uh one person like really worthy worthy of mentioning is uh a vision, that guy a vision. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wrong. Man, like I like that guy. I kinda like look up He's to cool. this coming up like even a jean-pierre coming up but he's been working for years yeah. to get where he got. a vision as well i kind of remember seeing him kind of dj here and there after hours this and that but like seeing him come come like to where he is now mm -hmm. he has some great productions like he deserves where he's at he really yeah. looked at it and like obviously he had a great mentor his uncle or his cousin excuse me yeah, his cousin but but what i like about them is that they've been they just been working hard you know they've just been working like the, yeah, they 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 do. They don't even really do the social media. They just been working behind the scenes, you know. They yeah, have, they have some. They have. They do have some connections, you know. So you don't need the social media that much when you have connections. But yeah, man, you know, there, there's there's a different way for everybody to make it, and you know, because we don't have the connections and we're just trying to get in. Content is one of the best ways to be able to get in and network. Like, uh, like we've been doing. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun though. I like, I like, I like the, the grind from the bottom to try to get, to try to get to the top is fun, but you know, I've been inspired as well too. I was before we close the podcast out, I was inspired by, um, Patrick topping. I know he's, you know, he's a big time DJ, but he just started trick label like a year or two years ago. Now, you know, he does the trick party at, uh, at DC 10, but it's just him and DJ producers that he liked, he himself liked, who aren't big time DJs. He, they just produce great music that he's played and he does his party with them. He doesn't put, you know, he puts like one or two big names, 
or like maybe two or three big names. But most of the lineup is just like guys from his hometown or other towns in England that just been producing fire that he's been playing. So it's yeah. like he's doing what we're doing, but, you know, he has that big name to carry everybody. Yeah. But we're doing that, that same thing, you know? So that's why that, that, that's why that inspired me. But um, I, don't, I don't want it to, to cut off on us. So let's just close it out here. We'll, we'll, next week we'll talk about the live stream, everything we did. And then what we got coming up, and then we'll talk about maybe a little bit about FIFA before you go. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm gonna drop the next location we're gonna play at when I'm back from from Europe. So that's gonna be something to look forward to in our next pod. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bro. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace.